Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 64 of the Boomer Bevo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. It is week one of college football. Oklahoma plays Arkansas State. Texas plays Rice. And to jump right into that, what in the world is Zach Johnson doing on the Ryder Cup, Kevin? Have you seen this? I don't know much about golf, but I know you're a golf guy, and I know you're pretty fired up about this, you and your son, Jeffrey Whitson. So what's going on there? Okay, listen. So we've got the Ryder Cup. It's an event that's held every two years. It's us versus Europe. USA versus Europe. USA versus Europe. And players can qualify via points, and you take six players, which automatic qualify, and then the Ryder Cup captain picks the remaining six players based on who he thinks will fit the team better and, you know, looking at the rankings and all of this. Zach Johnson is our Ryder Cup captain. And he chose Justin Thomas over the likes of Cam Young, Bryson DeChambeau, Lucas G. Lover, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Reed. Now, you might say for a casual golf fan, well, Justin Thomas is pretty good. He hangs out with George Spieth. He hangs out with Ricky Fowler. He's won two majors. All of that's true, except he has absolutely sucked this year. He's been terrible. Okay. He did not make the FedEx playoffs, which is the top 70, one of the top 70 players in the PGA Tour. And keep it in mind that Liv siphoned off 30 of the top 100 players. So what that really means is he didn't make one of the top 100 spots in the world. Okay. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open, shooting a 73 and an 81 at the British Open or the Open Championship for golf snobs. He shot an 82-71 and missed the cut. Uh, At the Masters, he shot 70 and 78 and missed the cut. Memorial, 75-75 missed cut. Rocket Mortgage, 76-69 missed cut. Long story short, he missed a lot of cuts, made some really high scores, and somehow he still gets picked for the team. It, It blows my mind. I cannot stand it. So what kind of politics do you think went into this decision? Well, he's a bro. He's a golf bro. He's boys with Jordan Spieth. He's boys with Ricky Fowler. I I get that. And look, if it's close, if it's a judgment call, well, that's just the way sometimes things work. This ain't even a judgment call, Kevin. Bryson DeChambeau, who I cannot stand, in the last month has shot a 61 and a 58, winning on the Live Golf Tour. Okay, Lucas Glover won two tournaments, one to get him into the playoffs and then one of the playoffs. Cam Young has had a very solid year. Keegan Bradley is a Ryder Cup veteran who ranked ninth in Ryder Cup points. He was picked over all of these guys. And I got to tell you, Kevin, it's just it's one of the frustrating things I have about sports. Sports to me should be a meritocracy. You should have to earn what you get. Now, when you play in team sports, that can be really difficult to assess. Was it the quarterback who missed through it? 
Was it the receiver who run the wrong route? Was it the offensive lineman who didn't block? Was it the, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator who called the wrong play? It doesn't matter. Those, those are hard to examine. In golf, you are what you shoot. There's no ambiguity. It's black and white. When you shoot an 82-71 at the, at the British Open, that's what you shot. Yeah, it is what you it is. You missed the cut. So for him, for him to get picked over all of these dudes who had very good years or very well-deserving and, and just demonstrably played better over the last 12 months, it really pisses me off. And you remember, I want to be fair here. I railed on the women's national soccer team for going with Megan Rapino and Kelly O'Hara and some of those old ladies that they had on that team. And look what happened to them, Kevin. Look what happened to them. I'm telling you what. Now, on paper, we should still beat Europe. But if anybody who knows this knows about Ryder Cups, we haven't won in Europe since like 95 or maybe even 89. So it's been a wow. really long time since we've won in Europe. And that's what's happened. Tiger Woods on the team and Phil Mickelson on the team and Dustin Johnson on the team and all these dudes. We've had all the dudes on these teams and still gotten beat. So maybe this is the magic formula. Maybe this is the secret sauce for Zach Johnson. I have no idea. I just think it looks incredibly crappy. It's totally bros being bros. And it just pisses me off. All right, man. Well, let's see what happens. I had to get it off my chest. I appreciate you letting me get that off my chest. You're not a golf fan, but can you at least understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I understand the politics of it. Yeah, and it's frustrating. Oh, my God. All right, Kevin. Let's, dude, let's just jump into some football, okay? It's college football. I don't even know why we're talking about golf. I don't even know who brought it up. Let's jump into some college football. We have live games this weekend. We had uh, Notre Dame beat Navy last week. Uh, pretty hands down. USC. Uh, offensively looks like the juggernaut we project them to be defensively. They are who we think they are. You know, it's so interesting, right? Again, like you said, the offense was incredible. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is on that staff. I don't know if you notice him. He's on the sidelines. You can see some of his influence and in some of the more spread out stuff that they were doing, more four receiver sets. Caleb Williams was incredible. The true freshman, uh, Zachariah Branch, looks unreal. This dude to ball out like that in your first college game as a true freshman, look out for him over the next three years. But man, that defense just did not look right. Even the way they were lined up, it just holes Ooh. everywhere. Man, it's, I'd you, be you, very concerned. You asked me, would they be better? And I was an emphatic. No, I was proven right. Case closed. USC sucks at defense. I mean, Caleb Williams might outscore every team he plays. I don't think so. I think that there's some really talented teams in the, in the PAC 12 and I think Notre Dame has improved. So I don't think it's just going to show up and, and, and win. But they're surely not showing up and win with that defense. It's terrible. Um, games, though, that start tomorrow night. So we're going to have to pick three games out of this list. But I'm just going to go through them. Tomorrow's night game, Tomorrow night's games. Thursday night. Florida and Utah. Utah, four and a half point favorite. Despite... Cam Rising, not playing, still has not recovered from the Rose Bowl injury last year. Does Cam Rising cause you to potentially pick the University of Florida to win this game? You know, it, it certainly makes you think twice about it, right? He's a very important player for them. He has a lot of experience. I don't know anything about their backup quarterback. Not a thing. 
However, with the game being in Utah at Salt Lake City, with him still having a good running game, Quentin Jackson, I expect him to ball out, former Texas Longhorn. And with that defense, the coaching staff still there. Right now, Florida staff, Billy Napier, they just have not earned my trust yet. So I'm still picking Utah. Now, obviously, it changes things without changes things without rising being there. But I still am picking Utah. Okay. Uh, t- another game tomorrow, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota. Minnesota, seven-point favorite. Um, those are going to be going on at the same time. It is Thursday night, and you're going to have to have two TVs going, Kevin. Is this how I get you fired up? Oh, man, I love it. I love um, it. The best time of the year. The game of the week, though, uh, I don't know. Will it be Sunday night? This will be Sunday night. LSU, two-and-a-half-point favorite in Florida against Florida State. Yeah, and the game is not at Florida State, but it's in Orlando, right? That's correct. I believe it's at the Camping World Stadium. What a great game that was last year. Incredible way to start the season off. I mean, back and forth game, Florida State edges out LSU. Man. Now, from what I understand, LSU's lost a running back? Correct. And, of course, they're already going to be without Mason Smith, the um, five-star defensive tackle who got hurt last year in that game and missed the rest of the season. So they, they're going to be down some pretty important players this week. So that, that will definitely be one we pick. Washington plays Boise State. Washington's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, game interesting on a number of levels. TCU is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite against Colorado. Prime making his debut with the Buffaloes. Um, I don't think this spread is big enough for what's going to happen to Prime. I kind of feel like TCU is going to roll them. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this, man. I love Coach Prime, um, but TCU is a good team. So, and I just don't know what to expect from Colorado. I'm a big fan of Shadour Sanders, their their quarterback. Uh, South Carolina plays North Carolina. North Carolina minus two and a half point favorite. Some say the Heisman front runner Drake May, the quarterback at North Carolina. I, I always love South Carolina in these early games. To me, I remember back in the day when, like, it was Spurrier. They always played really, really well early. They did. They would always have that one team they upset. Remember they upset Bama that year when they had, uh, was it Marshawn Lattimore? Yep. And, um, yeah, this is going to be a good game. I I like this game. I think we should pick that one. Okay, so we're going to have Oklahoma against Arkansas State, which we'll pick after we talk about them. Oklahoma is a 36-point favorite. Rice against Texas. Texas is a 35-point favorite, so that speaks to the level of talent that our two schools open up with, but that's okay. Um, we definitely want LSU-Florida State, right? We're definitely picking that game? Of course. Of course. And then you want South Carolina-North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and then I guess I'm going to take uh, the, the easy one, Florida-Utah. Let's do it. Okay. So Florida-Utah, we've kind of broke that one down already, but let me make my notes here. Let me do Kevin over on this side, John on this side. Kevin, Florida is at Utah, minus four and a half. Who do you have? I've got Utah winning and covering. Um, I just think Utah is too – I think they're too physical, too disciplined. It was a incredible game last year. Cam Rising throws two, I think, interceptions, one in the last uh, drive of the game. Without those, I think Utah probably wins. Florida does not have it figured out. 
if Napier couldn't figure it out with Anthony Richardson, who's now starting for the Indianapolis Colts, I don't know how he's going to figure out with a with a backup, or I guess it's not his backup, but a transfer out of uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Graham I'm Hurts. Go- I'm going with – and uh, listen, I normally don't pick on dudes for looking goofy. I mean, for y'all watching on YouTube, I, I don't have a lot of room to talk, but that is one goofy-looking dude. Have you Who seen a picture that? of him? Graham Mertz. I don't think so. Google this guy up here while we're doing this. Okay. And just tell me if he don't look like OB or whatever <laughs> derogatory white person name you would give me. Because that's what this dude looks like. Right. Guys, he's looking it up. He's looking up Graham Mertz. You should look it up too if you're listening and not watching. Or maybe if you're watching. Check this guy out. And y'all, please chime in on the comments. Chime in on Twitter. Does this guy look like a big dork? Come on, yeah, he Kevin. Does. Yo, he looks like yes! a typical SEC quarterback to me, right? Oh my god, like McElroy. You know, he's kind of. I know. I think that's he's how a... these guys look. Okay, he does not look like McElroy. All right, he's not. No, but I mean, no. like they kind of got the goofy. I don't know. I see a lot of SEC quarterbacks that favor him. Okay, whatever. I think he looks like a dork, so that's fine, Kevin. No, 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 Kevin, you're too nice. Yes. No, we agree with this. We're saying the same oh. thing. Okay. And he and we agree. A lot of SEC quarterback look like dorks. And we agree he's not beating Utah, right? We agree. I'd okay. be very surprised. It would be uh, massive though for for Billy Napier in his program because right now, still a ton of questions after that first year. And their win total, I think, is what five and a half projected by Vegas. Yes, it's not very good. It's rough. Um, South Carolina versus North Carolina. Do you know where this game's at? I don't. Okay, I'll look it up real quick. What, talk me through that game, and then I'll tell you by the end, and you can see. Okay, matters. well, I mean, we know about Drake May, right? He's a big, strong arm quarterback, a lot of experience, projected to be a top five pick in the draft this year if he comes out. With North Carolina under Mac Brown the last few years, they have been incredibly explosive. It's almost like USC, right? They put up a lot of points, but they also give up a lot of points. I want to see can that defense improve and can they run the ball better, right? As far as South Carolina goes, what version of Spencer Rattler are we going to see, right? I mean, obviously, Oklahoma fans know this, how up and down he can be. The underwhelming version. The underwhelming version of Spencer Rattler. That's And I don't even think it's a version. I think at this point it is who he is. Yeah, but he has those moments, and he even had them last year where he just looks unbelievable. He always makes these two or three throws every game. You know, he'll be on one hash and just throw this 40-yard out to the other hash and drop it right in a bucket. Nobody can make that. Not many players can make that throw. And then he comes out and he'll just make a throw across his body into traffic for an interception. So you just don't know what you're going to get. Again, I am not all the way out on him. I still think he's incredibly talented. I just want to see if he can put it all together. This is probably his last chance to do it. I really like Shane Beamer, of course, former OU uh, special teams coach. I think he's done a great job there at South Carolina. They knocked off Clemson last year for the first time in a long time. So, man, I, I just think it's a fascinating game. Okay, well, who did you pick? North Carolina is uh, getting or giving two and a half. Did you find out where it was at? At, at North Carolina. Sorry. At North at Carolina, North- favored by two and a half. By two and a half. I'm going to go North Carolina to win and cover by field goal. Well, we are not being very creative because I am too. I don't trust, I don't trust Spencer Rattler. Um. 
if anything, he lost, he lost one of his big. He lost one of his big targets too, right? He's lost Stogner, so that's gone. That's always a good safety blanket yeah. to have a tight end. And hold on, just, real quick though. Go ahead. They recruited this kid named Nicholas Harbor. All right, he's a five-star kid out of the D.C. area. He is a freakish athlete. This kid's like 6'5", 230 pounds. To play tight end. And, yeah, and he legit – I think he might even play receiver. And he ran like a 10-4, 100-meters. Unbelievable athlete. So look out – I don't know how South Carolina got him, but look out for him because um, if he's anything like they say he is, he's going to be a star. Well, Beamer's a hell of a recruiter. But Beamer can recruit. He recruited well at Oklahoma too. So that yeah, to to get some of that talent is not is not that surprising. It is an SEC school, but I don't know. I don't trust him. Okay, um, and then the last one before we pick our games, the game of the weekend, uh, LSU, two and a half favorite against Florida State, neutral site game in Florida, the Hurricane. Um, I had a hard time saying the name of the hurricane, so I'm not even going to say it. It starts with an I. Yeah. Idalia. It's like Vidalia without the V. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hurricane Idalia should be cleared out by then. We should be able to play football. No problem, especially on Sunday. Um, LSU wins this game last year if their special teams was halfway decent. And then they made some huge mistakes. And then if they would have acknowledged that their special teams was terrible and ran Jalen Daniels on a two-point conversion at the end of the game, they would have won it in regulation. So I think LSU is the better overall team. I think Florida State is coming in with a a lot of momentum. I think they're excited. I think LSU is going to be too much. LSU wins. LSU covers. Okay, remind me of the spread again. Two and a half. LSU is giving it two and a half. LSU is favored by two and a half. I'm having a hard time with this one because I really like the quarterback, Jordan Travis. I like the big receiver, Johnny Wilson. You guys, OU fans, remember him from the uh, Cheez-It Bowl last year. Six, seven. Six, seven guy. Yeah. um, He was the guy that Tom Herman really recruited. You know, he likes those (laughs) giant receivers out there. Uh, And I like their running running back, uh, Trey Benson, is a really good player. Also, don't forget about Jared Verse. You guys remember him from the Cheez-It Bowl last year? Uh, Do we held him in check for the most part? You, yeah, you guys did a pretty good job on him. I don't know why he's still at Florida State. He would have been a first-round pick last year, but I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think he's someone who can kind of wreck an offensive game plan. He's that disruptive off the edge. With that being said, though, man, I like LSU also to win and to cover. <laughs> but look, I, 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 I want to see Verse ball out. I, look, I think I'm rooting for Florida State in this game. I, I, I have a hard time rooting for LSU. Um, I do think that LSU, Oklahoma's going up against them in some recruiting battles. We're going to talk about that here in a second. Uh, they're going to be future SEC rivals. We'll talk about that. But I, I, Florida State goes back to when I was a kid. You know, Bobby Bowden. Me too, man. Charlie Ward. Uh, Charlie Ward. I mean, I love those teams. Deion Sanders. I, I really liked Florida State when I was growing up. And so, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for Florida State. I just feel like LSU is going to be too much. Should be a fun game, though. A great Sunday night game. Uh, before we jump in, though, we do need to talk a little bit of recruiting. Uh, Friday afternoon, Dominic McKinley out of Lafayette, 
Louisiana is going to be making a decision between Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. He is a five-star defensive lineman, another one of these holy grail-type positions that we're all dying to get. Other schools included in the possibly considering list is Ohio State and LSU. But the consensus is that it's going to come down to Oklahoma or one of the Texas schools. Now, I was on the radio today, and the OU guys uh, seem to think that Texas has fallen way off. You don't feel that way, though, do you? Well, I don't know. I, from what I heard, the kids just really quiet about it. So it doesn't seem like anybody really knows what's going to happen. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. But if Oklahoma was to sign another five-star defensive lineman, this would be a historic signing class for, well, for Oklahoma. Well, remember, I said that a month ago before the uh, Williams-Winary commitment. David Stone, at the time, Williams-Winary, who's still a candidate to flip to OU, regardless of his commitment to Missouri. Him and then um, the Nigel Smith kid, if you can get all four of those, it's an absolute historic class. Said it, been saying it all summer. Uh, it's historic. And, and just to put a framework around this, right, the momentum that Oklahoma has on the recruiting trail right now, Kevin, we're coming off a six and seven season. We're coming off a losing season where we played terrible ball and, and lost to the likes of West Virginia and a bad Baylor team. It, it just not very good, right? Just bad. And to well, think that we're still recruiting at that high of a level, it's, it's, it's a fascinating look at it. You know, it is. And I think what happens, Brent Venables has a great reputation from his defensive coordinator days at Clemson. And of course, University of Oklahoma is still the University of Oklahoma, right? So I still think we're in that period where Venables is still getting the benefit of the doubt from recruits. We saw the same thing with Texas. They went five and seven in Sark's first year and then and signed the top five class. Right now yeah. at this point, he's going to have to earn it. Right. That's why, you know, you don't see a ton of commits for Texas yet. I think there are a lot of top guys who are waiting to see how they're going to do on the field this year before they make their decision. But um, yeah, you still get that benefit of the doubt after the first season. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are sitting back at like 18th right now and in, in the 24 yeah. seven rankings. But that's only with 16 commits. So that's, you know, that's not the end of the world. Oklahoma's up at uh, 11, I think, with 22 okay. commits. So that's six more guys to, to kind of get to that ranking. The projection is, for Oklahoma anyway, if they were to get McKinley, would jump them all the way up to six, maybe even five. Yeah. And, I mean, a five-star defensive lineman is the most valuable asset besides quarterback. It probably puts you all in the top ten, right? Easily. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. Not very so, close to it. So it's uh, that'll be Friday at three thirty, I believe. So we're going to know that before the games kick off. Um, I don't know, man. It's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited about the the. Even if we don't get it, it I think Oklahoma. It's just different conversations than we ever had under Lincoln Riley, right? Agreed. We weren't Absolutely. in. We weren't in on any of these guys. We were in on receivers, and we were in on quarterbacks, and we were in on running backs but not on the defensive side of the ball. So even to be considered, not that I want to lose it, but just to be considered means we're, we've made great strides. Yeah, and I think that's where the recruiting numbers can be a little bit twisted, right? I know with Texas over the last few years, I was like, oh, you guys get top five classes every year. True, and it's true, and, and Texas has squandered a lot of talent. However, 
It's not in those, it hasn't been in those positions. It hasn't been in the trenches. That's the difference between the programs that are good and the programs that are elite. They have it in the offensive and defensive lines. That's what separates Georgia and Alabama from the rest of the country. Uh, Georgia, number one in recruiting still, 26 recruits. There's just no end inside for Georgia at this point. I mean, they are recruiting at such a high level, playing at yeah. such a high level. It's uh, it's fascinating to watch. We know the sport goes in spurts like this, it, and I think it kind of revolves around that recruiting where, um, you know, you see a USC win for a couple of years, then you see, you know, the spurts of Alabama, and then Clemson's really good, and now it's Georgia's turn. But um, Georgia's on, on, a, uh, on just a heck of a bender. Um, before we jump in to breaking down these first two weeks of games, the Boomer Bebo podcast needs to thank Brown O'Haver, our title sponsor. Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm. They work for you, not the insurance company. So if you've had a loss to your home or business, a fire, uh, wind damage from a tornado, storm damage, hail damage, flood, whatever the case may be, and you're not getting treated early by your insurance company, give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. They get you more money more quickly. On average, they get 30 to 40% more than you get on your own. And most importantly, Kevin Miller right there on the screen can be the one adjusting your claim for you. A licensed adjuster, we have six on staff. Give us a call, 405-735-5510. Oh, uh, we start with uh, we start with uh, Oklahoma, Kevin. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, this is uh, you know we got to find things to get fired up about this game. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, let's uh, get fired up. Just the fact that our teams are going to be playing. We get to start our teams play for the first time in nine months. I, I know, but I almost view this game as like a no a no win situation for Oklahoma. You know, if if they win, if they cover this 36 point spread. And, you know, I don't know, 49 to 7, right, would be a 42-point game. game. They win 49 to 7. It's the prevailing thought is, okay, well, that's great. That's what you're supposed to do. So congratulations, you know. And so I'm just – I, I and, and then in addition, we were teased. Oklahoma fan was teased last year by our first three games, right? We came out of that Nebraska game – and the other two non-conference games on, I don't know, what was Oklahoma ranked? Fifth or sixth in the Oh, country? yeah, you were in the top ten, and people were asking legitimately now, is OU going to make the college football playoff this year? And I yes. thought it was a fair question at the time. And so for me, and I, I speak for myself, I, sometimes I think I speak for other fans out there, it's just I, I kind of don't want to be teased again. Um, we've got to roll this team because they're terrible and I don't know, we can get into like who we want to see and who we want to talk about, but it's just, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a quandary of a position to be in, in the week one game. I'd like to see just a little bit better team. Even if we were playing SMU this week or even Tulsa, and I felt like we were going to get a little bit better of a matchup. I think it would, it would feel better, but Arkansas State's like, ah, we better beat this team like a middle school team. Does that make sense? I, I get where you're coming from, right? But I, I like—I don't mind Arkansas State as an opponent, just like I don't mind Bryce as an opponent for week one, right? I mean, you just want to see what you've been practicing executed on the field. 
right? You want to see guys not busting assignments. You don't want to see pre-snap errors, just things like that. Get sharp, and then your next opponent will get a little bit tougher, and you can really start to prove what kind of team you are. Um, the kind of team Arkansas State is, is they've gone 5-19 and 19 in their last season under Coach Butch Jones. For Oklahoma fans will remember Butch Jones from being the Tennessee head coach in 2015 and also the Cincinnati coach when we played them, I think, in 2011 or 2012. Um, Butch Jones is kind of a jerk, right? He's like always yelling and mad at his own players, at the referees, at his own fans. He's red-faced. He um, probably gets really hard to be around for long periods of time, which is why he's never lasted very long anywhere. And if nothing else, I hope we beat him down because he was a very cocky coach when he first took over at Tennessee. You remember how cocky Butch Jones was? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he was a favorite in the SEC at all. No, but he wasn't any good either, though. Tennessee wasn't a good team under him. No, no, they weren't. Mm -hmm. Um, His quarterback is a former Tennessee Vols quarterback as well as a former Colorado quarterback. So similarly to uh, the opponent that Texas will face, this is this this is this quarterback's third team. He played nine games in 2022 for Colorado. I'm guessing Prime told him to get lost. That's what it sounds like to me when he brought his son in. Maybe so. I mean, he might have told him to get lost, but he, you know, I think we all knew who was going to be the starting quarterback, and rightfully so. In nine games, though, he only threw for 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. So. Yikes. Um, wide receiver to keep an eye on, uh, Corey Rucker started at Arkansas State for two seasons and then actually went to South Carolina as a transfer. Muddy got hurt at South Carolina and he's now back at Arkansas State. Probably the most talented person on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Travion Thomas is their safety to keep an eye on. Started 11 games in 2022. But the reality is, Kevin, there's not a lot of talent on the Arkansas State side of the ball. So, yeah, this game is all about OU. It's just all about what you guys can do and what you guys can show in week one. Well, I think here's the thing. Here's the things I want to see. I want to see us run the ball down their throat. I want to see us physically dominate the offensive and defensive lines. Our biggest weakness last year as a defense and kind of as an offense was on third and fourth downs. Teams had no fear of our defense and would go for it anywhere on the field at any time, under any circumstances, anything under four or five yards, they were going for it on fourth down. It was crazy. And picking it up. That's why they were going for it is because they were picking it up. Yeah, so I, I want to remember really, you know, like Kansas State one really bad. Was it was like a third and like 20 and something like that. He picked it up running the ball. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, but think about Baylor. I think Baylor went for it on fourth down like seven times against us or something, some crazy stat. Yeah. And got it six times. So I want to see our dominance on third and fourth down and really own the line of scrimmage. In the secondary, I mean, man, I've been raving about the secondary all summer. Um, we finally got the, uh, the death chart. It looks like it's going to be Reggie Pearson next to Billy Bowman. Um, Gentry Williams opposite of Woody Washington that is a talented secondary there is no doubt about it high recruits big time names 
demonstrated talent in terms of Pearson and Billy Bowman. We've seen them play in the past. We know they can make plays. Woody Washington, too. So it's how they play together. Do they communicate well? Are there no busts in the backfield? There should be no busts against Arkansas State, right? Just none. It should be a lockdown situation. On the offensive side of the ball, another surprise on the depth chart, Kevin, Marcus Major, which you talked about in a little quick video you did for Twitter. I can't believe he's made. I can't believe he's made the uh, the starting lineup. To me, it's yeah, just, you it's, know, go when ahead. I saw that, I, I was curious. Right now, is it because they think he's the best option, or is that say, hey, listen, you're a senior, you've done, you've worked hard, you've done all the right things, so we're going to list you as a co-starter at running back? I'm just curious as to what that means. Right? Is he going to have the most carries, or is he just going to be the guy who takes the first handoff of the season? Well, let me tell you a little story, Kevin. It's a good, good question. Good question. Let me tell you, let's get story time with John. So my son, Jeffrey, most people who listen to the show know Jeffrey. Kevin, you worked with Jeffrey now for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a terrible football player. Okay. And so his very first season playing football was the sixth grade. And uh, he played for the Chargers. Okay. And they wore Chargers gear. So it looked pretty good, like the old time, like Ladanian Tomlinson type, you know, that dark, the dark gotcha. purple. They look good. He played cornerback, and um, the starting corner got in trouble, like had a bad attitude in practice. And so they turned to Jeff, they, they said, you're, you're not starting this game. And they turned to Jeffrey and said, you're starting this game. So be ready. Be ready to start the game. Right. So that whole week, I was like, okay, dude, this is your chance. You got to play. You got to go hard. You got to do this. You got to do that. Now, knowing like what his role was, I wasn't ever expecting like anything amazing, but this was his shot, right? This is his opportunity. Kevin, they put him in, he played one play, and then they subbed him out. But what, what is that? On that play? Nothing. It was like a run up the middle, and then they subbed him out. And it's like, that's your punishment. And then, that's your punishment. Not going to start yes. one time. Like you, really, I, you really showed him, coach. You really yeah. would have punished that kid. And so I went up to the coach. I went up to the coach in practice. I waited. I didn't go right after the game, but in practice, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not saying Jeffrey deserved to start. I'm not saying he deserved to play. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But don't tell a kid he's going to be a starter and tell him to prepare for being a starter. And he plays one game, one snap. Like that. That's not cool. Now, does this completely equate to? Marcus Major getting one start. I don't know. I feel like at this level of football, if you name the starter, he should expect to get the bulk of the snaps in the first half. Absolutely. And if not, I would have a a conversation with Brent Venables that says something like this. Hey, coach, I know you respect where I'm coming from because I'm a five-year senior and all this and all that, but don't call me the starter if you're not going to give me the ball. Like, I don't want games to be played with me. So that's where I would push back with that thought. What's that? We don't have time for sentiments here. No, gosh, no. God, I mean, this is this is Oklahoma. It'd be the same thing. You know, it be the same thing in Texas. Now let, let's take a look at this depth chart here, right? I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. No surprise at quarterback, right? Dylan Gabriel, None. Jackson Arnold. None. It's all him. on the offensive side of the ball. It's all at running back. Yeah. I mean, now, I've been, I've been bragging Walker. about. Yes, I've been bragging about Barnes and Sawchuck all summer. And come out and tell me Marcus Major is going to be backed up by Tommy Walker and they're going to start. That just blows yeah. my mind, dude. Yeah. 
I, I was really surprised by that. But here's the deal. You know that everybody that's listened to this show knows I'm going to be the biggest Marcus Major fan there is. I just think over the course of the season, I predict he will not be the starting court running back by the time we get uh, to the Red River shootout. I just I can't I can't imagine a situation where it's not Javante Barnes or Gavin Sanchez. Those guys are too talented. I agree. I mean, this is what we expected all summer long. I expect those two guys to be because again, they're just the more talented players. On the offensive side, we talked about who which receiver is going to step up. Andrell Anthony is going to be opposite for Rook. I think you're going to see a lot of different guys play, but I think it's significant that he's named the starter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we've heard about Andrew Anthony's, of course, his speed coming from Michigan, right? And, you know, I think your system may be a little bit more friendly for him, right? It doesn't require all the blocking and the, just the different route combinations that, you know, a Jim Harbaugh uh, offense would have. So I think it might be just more user-friendly for a player like Andrew Anthony. We'll see if his hands – I've heard he's had some drop issues both at Michigan and at camp – at times for OU. So we'll see how reliable his hands can be. Um, Jaden Gibson, man, what do, you, what do you think about him? I see him there kind of as a co-second stringer with LV Bunkley Shelton. What, what do you think about him? I think he's got all the talent in the world, but doesn't make catches when he has to. Okay. He's still a young player, man. You know, it takes certain players a few years to get it. Not everybody's CD lamb, right? When you walk into the building and you're so good, you're an instant starter week one on a team that's going to the college football playoff. Right. God, he was good. He he was. Um, he was incredible. Well, yeah, and you think about like Worthy in his first game against uh OU in twenty. Yeah, way to announce yourself, right? I mean to that game. Yeah. Unreal. So yeah, yeah you think play. about so you know, to your point, can he earn can he earn that spot? Can he earn that playing time? Well, it's get it's against games like it's against teams like Arkansas State where he's got to do that. Because we've seen him in a backup role not be successful. So Correct. it's hard to imagine him being successful as a starter against the first level of talent, right? It just doesn't it doesn't jive. So it kind of sucks because that's the kind of receiver we're looking for in terms of size. Um, but I like the speed of Andrew Anthony. If we're gonna if we're going by speed, uh, Barry Switzer used to say you can't coach speed. So I'll, I'll take it. Um, offensive line, any surprises there for you? Uh, no. Um, no, Jacob uh, Sexton, is he back healthy from his injury? I know you, he's a guy that the coaching staff really likes. Well, didn't he start? Didn't he start against Florida State and go up against Verse? I believe he did, right? And they do move Verse around, but I'm sure he would have gone up against him. He got hurt in that game, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So he's, it's, a, he's a talented player, man. I mean, I remember Texas tried to get. He actually went down there and visited, but. You know, kid from Edmond. <laughs> yeah, but man, just look at the size of Rouse. Dude. Look at the size of, of, of Rouse. It's just, it's he's a big, big dude. And he is. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, no big surprises because we talked about how good Pearson is. He's actually going to be at free safety. Um, I am curious to see Justin Harrington at Cheetah. Same here. Same here. You know how high I've been about on Dason McCullough since he entered the transfer portal. I thought it was a massive pickup. I wonder if he's just kind of still learning his way out there. Harrington's obviously been in the system for longer. 
what his role is going to be. You know, is it going to be Harrington? Is he just going to be the guy? Or is it going to be a rotation? How much of Jason McCullough are we going to see? Also, like uh, uh, Sammy um, Omasigo, I liked him as a recruit a lot. I think he's going to be a really good player, too. Maybe not this year, but I think he's going to be a, gr- a great player overall. Yeah, I just um, – we've seen Justin Harrington in the past, and he's not performed to uh, – you know, he, did, he didn't excite me now, but all you've heard in camp – I mean, heck, he was named as a captain. Right. So the idea must be that he's really he's really turned it on this year. Um, I hope I hope he's better than McCullough. Right. I hope because we have we think both of us think highly of McCullough. So if he's better than that, that puts the secondary in a really good spot. Yeah, um, I, I agree. So but what, hey, here's the deal against Arkansas State. We're going to see all these dudes. So I want to see all these guys and I want to see what we've got and who we're working with. But uh, I'm excited about it. But hey, and let's... real quick, one thing though, one thing you want you hope for is that you blow them out and you blow them out early because you want to see these guys come in the game when it still matters, right? You want to see these guys in the early in the third quarter, right? You want to see Jackson Arnold come in where he can come and actually throw several passes, right? Yes. Not when he's when you're up by sixty and he just can come in and hand off the ball. You want to see him come in when you know. You're not running up the score by throwing passes, throwing the ball deep still. That, that's 100%. what you hope to see. 100%. All right. Oklahoma, we've beat Arkansas State to death. Hopefully Oklahoma beats them to death. The spread is – what did I have? 35? 36. The spread is 36. Um, OU's my team. We cover the 36. What do you think? I think you do too, like 51 to, 51 to 14. Um, Just real quick, we've got four picks in so far, and we've picked the favorite to cover in all four. That that can't be good. That never works, yeah. That can't <laughs> be good. Yeah, something's got to give there. Real quick, while we're talking about this, um, this is nothing to do with anything, except but that's maybe gambling, if you want to gamble on little kids' soccer. Okay, so – my daughters play competitive soccer, right? So soccer is a very highly regimented sport. So teams are loaded up in computers all over the place. You can see, um, you can see rosters. You can see the whole thing. Everything's online. And we're talking about from all over the country. Okay. Well, the soccer, a soccer guy out there has created an app. He's created a, game predictor app for youth soccer okay wow where he loads he loads previous records against other teams and their records you know against the team you're playing with their record against other teams puts them in there and it spits out a score okay these girls are 12 and 13 years old and they're spitting out scores so we played in Memphis a couple uh, weeks ago. The first game, the score was supposed to be, the predictor was a 3-1 win. We won 2-0. Okay, nice. that's fine. The second game was supposed to be a 4-0 loss. We lost 5-1. Wow. Then my younger daughter, who's one age group younger, was supposed to win her game 3-2, and they won 2-1. 
My point is this guy There's something to this, yeah. There I don't know if he's got chat GPT running this or whatever, but number one. I think I'm going to start betting on little kid soccer. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, if there's like a conflict of interest, but I've never really seen a rule against it. So that's number one. Number two, I'm going to try to figure out how I can like drop Oklahoma into the ranking predictor. Or I mean, again, into the game predictor against like Arkansas State and see what he spits out. It's uncanny. And I've, yeah. talked, to other, I've talked to other parents and they say that he is, it's right on all the time. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah, that is bizarre. That this he first of all that he, he has access to all this data, right? Yes. And he has the time to put it all together, and the fact that it's accurate, yeah, it's pretty scary. Uh, we and when I say that we're playing different teams, okay, so somebody might say, "Well, I mean, you're playing a team from you're in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're playing a team in Edmond, Oklahoma." No, 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 no. We're in Norman, Oklahoma, and we're playing a team from Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, like real, those are, do not have matched up schedules. It's I'm not like you play common. Of- it's not like you play common opponents. What okay? kind of data does he have? Wins and losses. That's all he's got. That's it. I, yeah. Hey. It's it's nuts, man. So anyway, this has nothing to do with anything except I needed to tell somebody because it's fascinating. I love it. I will keep you in the loop on how good this rankings predictor is. My point is, is I don't know that rankings predictor or the game predictor would pick four covers in a row. All right. University of Texas plays Rice. Break it down, Kevin. All right, man. First game of the year. I'm really excited to see our guys play. Um, yeah, I mean, we think it could be a big year. We'll see how Texas handles the weight of expectations this year. Hopefully they just go with the flow and make it happen, right? Um, Rice, JT Daniels is their starting quarterback. Yes, the same JT Daniels who was at West Virginia last year. The same JT Daniels who was at Georgia for two years before that. The same JT Daniels who was at USC prior to that. So he's going to make his fourth. He's going to start for uh, his fourth school this Saturday. I think this is going to be his third trip to DKR. He came at uh, USC as a true freshman back in uh, 2017, or was it 2018? Came at, at West Virginia last year, and then we'll be back as a starting quarterback for Rice. We all know his story, right? Five-star quarterback out of California, enrolls at USC, really, which and what should have been his senior year of high school, won the job as a freshman. Looked pretty good. It just looked like he was going to be their quarterback of the future. He got hurt, and it just, was, it just hasn't worked out for him since, right? Transfers to Georgia. Looks like he's going to win that job. Gets injured there. Stetson Bennett takes the job and never looks back. So goes to West Virginia. I mean, he was okay. Team just hasn't been good. Now he's at Rice. So, I mean, again, he's a talented guy. Always has been. He's the, this, their best receiver. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say just as an overview, starting with the quarterback position, though, uh, this Rice team looks to me on paper to be significantly better than the Arkansas team we're playing. I think they were five and eight last year. They did make a bowl game for the first time in a long time. They made a bowl game with five wins. They did, yeah, because that's how they got to to play thirteen games. You got to have a bowl. So, um, let's see. They played in the Lending Tree Bowl against Southern Mississippi and lost. So yeah, they they, five and seven. Five and seven, yeah. Okay, never mind. I take it back. They're terrible. I uh, um, I don't even know 
why you have bowl games for losing teams. Like, and if you're a sponsor of a bowl game, why are you sponsoring a game that has losing teams in it? Well, I mean, I think you agree to it beforehand, and then you just kind of end up with it. Yeah. The ending tree yeah, bowl well, against Southern Miss. Yeah. So they also well, have Luke McC- I, that, That's really funny because I saw – I was just doing some quick look around. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, they went to a bowl game last year. That means, you know, they've got a decent number. Oh, yeah. Five and seven. Nope. Evan, come on. Yeah, exactly. I remember there was some talk in Sark's first year about, you know, Texas potentially getting to a bowl game. I don't want to go to a bowl game with five wins. No. Go lick your wounds, and we'll see you next year. Absolutely. We'll see you next year. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. T- tell us who else we got. <laughs> JT Daniels. I'm going to mention two, two other players. Luke McCaffrey. You might know the name. He's Christian McCaffrey's younger brother. Um, one of the, I think he's the youngest of the McCaffrey boys. He was a quarterback. He's playing receiver for them. He was a leading receiver last year. He had 58 catches for like 700 something yards last year. So he's a okay. decent player. So he's going to yeah. be their their main guy on offense. They're replacing running backs. Going to be a little bit of a running back by committee on defense. They got a guy named Josh Piercy. He's their best pass rusher. Six and a half sacks, ten tackles for loss last year. He's a linebacker, but they blitz him a lot. So. That's the only players that I know from Rice. Again, similar to OU, this this is all about Texas, right? What are we going to see from them? What are they going to show? Are they going to be able to show at least – there's only a ton you can gain from a game, a game against this, right? Like we just talked about with OU against Arkansas State. But you just want to see the little things. You want to see assignments being executed, right? You don't want to see pre-snap penalties. You don't want to see careless turnovers. You want to see this team come out fired up and beat down a team that they should beat down and just take care of business because they got Alabama the next week. Take care of business oh. early, get the job done, and let's get ready for Tuscaloosa. No depth chart, right? Sark says Sark says he throws yeah. he throws throws convention to the wind. He's like, I don't care. I'm not putting up a depth chart. Y'all can figure yeah. it out when I roll them out. I wonder is this becoming some sort of trend? Because Saban didn't release one either. And I haven't looked around for many other teams depth charts. So I'm just wondering, is this a thing that coaches are starting to do? And they're like, yeah, forget a depth chart. You know, you'll see who trots out there on Saturday. Well, I mean, it's fine, I guess. I mean, it, you look at Oklahoma's depth chart and there's so many oars, but uh, yeah. for fans, it's fun to talk about, you know, it's I love to it too. It. Trust me. I, yeah. I would much rather have a depth chart that I could put up on the screen that we can analyze and talk about the surprises and, you know, who we expect to jump off the depth chart anyway. Well, because I, I, I mean, I think one of the bigger questions, kind of like with Oklahoma, is who's going to be your running back? Who's going to who's going to get the bulk of your carries? Who's going to run yeah. out there on the first and on the first snaps? I can tell you what I've been hearing, right? We've heard Jonathan Brooks' name really since the spring, since the end of last season, right? It looked like he was going to be the guy. However, look out for the true freshman, C.J. Baxter. We've talked about him on the podcast before. He's a five-star running back out of the Orlando area, true freshman. But again, he's a five-star running back. Apparently he's starting to get it and he is charging up the depth chart so much so that they feel like from at least people who are in the know, they say it's almost an or between Jonathan Brooks and CJ Baxter. So even if Brooks starts the game, you're going to see a ton of CJ Baxter on Saturday. So who would that leave on the bench? Um, You have Jaden Blue behind them and also Keelan Robinson, the transfer from Alabama. But it's going to be Brooks and C.J. Baxter to get the bulk of the carry. That's what it sounded like. Um, I've got to ask the obligatory Arch Malik Murphy question. Who's the first quarterback off the bench, and how much do we see of each of these guys? Okay, no, no, that's a really good question. It's a fair question. Of course, I think the first off the bench is going to be Malik Murphy, right? I think it should be. Okay, 
But and, and initially, it seemed like Arch was a distant third. But from what I'm hearing, again, he is starting to almost even out with Malik Murphy. I think they've been really impressed with Arch with the later part of summer camp. I still think, though, Malik is going to be the backup quarterback. The plan has always been, and I've been saying this for months, the plan has been to redshirt Arch Manning, right? And I think that will happen unless there's an injury to Quinn. If that happens, then, you know, everything has to be on the table. Well, because so last year you had a backup that you could count on who did a serviceable job for you. He did. Yeah. Hudson Card. Now it's yeah. quarterback at Purdue. So he's a but he was a good backup, right? I mean, he right. Absolutely. It's exactly it's exactly what you want. You you can see the obviously look at Oklahoma. Look at the, look at the Red River game. You you can see what happens when you have a good backup and when you don't. It's it, it makes a, a ginormous uh, difference. You hope you never have to use it. However, Malik Murphy's got to be more ready to play than Arch at this point, right? Like if something was to happen in the first or even against Alabama, you're you're trotting out Malik Murphy, right? You're not trotting. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we talked about this just a few minutes ago, right? You want to handle business early. That way, you can get your backups in the game when it still matters. I want Malik to come into the game and have to make throws in somewhat of a pressure situation, not when you're up sixty-one-zero. Yeah, right. I want to see him come in the game when he has some pressure and he has to make some third-down throws because, again, we saw what happened last year, right? He got hit by Dallas Turner, who was back for Alabama this year. Right, he had to come in a game. Hudson Card had to come in. Thankfully, he had experience. This time, if we have to do that, these guys have zero experience. Malik Murphy has not appeared in a game yet. This will be his first game experience. Same with Arch Manning. Uh, over under on Quinn Ewers touchdown passes. Um, tomorrow or on Saturday? On Saturday, I'll say three. A three and a half. So if I said three and a half, you take the under. Yeah, I think he'll have three. Okay, because he'll be out of the game before he goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, I'm just really excited to see their receivers. You know, I'm pretty sure that's where we're going to get to next. Xavier Worthy. I can't wait to see Ad Mitchell transfer out of Georgia. I mean, this guy made big plays in all four of the college football playoff games that he's appeared in so far. I think he's going to love playing in Texas. He fits Sark's. Uh, system more than he does what they do at Georgia. He's going to have just more opportunity to make plays. Can't wait to see him. And then, of course, um, Jordan Whittington's back. And then Isaiah Nair coming off of his knee injury. We were expecting him to be a starter last year. Blew out his knee in fall camp. He'll be back. So I'm excited to see him too. Well, and don't forget your your tight end who you 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 are really high on. Y- yeah, man, Jatavian Sanders. I, I think he's fantastic. Um, and I think he'll be first team all Big 12 at tight end, potentially a second team All American if everything goes well. I mean, Brock Bowers is that dude at tight end position in the country, but I think he is uh, second best. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Texas is a 35 point favorite. Um, we know they're going to win the game. Do they cover the 35? I think they do. I think it'll be close and as far as the point spread goes, but I, I do think I'm picking them to cover it. Oh, man. I, I want to go against it just because I can't believe I picked four covers. It just that just are four covers by four favorites. So and it's a massive spread. That is a huge point spread. Well, it's the points. same thing for Oklahoma, but 
Arkansas State is is considerably worse. I still think, even though I was making fun of them, I still think they're considerably worse than Rice. Um, uh, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Rice covers. Okay. You got a score? Oh, 42-10. Okay. I mean, even at 42-10 or, you know, even at 49-17, 42-10. Yeah. Exactly, still not covering. Yeah, I mean, I think the same thing could happen to Oklahoma. For some reason, I just don't think Arkansas State's very good at all. Yeah. So even even when third string guys get in, I just don't feel very good about it for Arkansas State. But I think there's a there's a scenario where third string guys get in for Texas, and maybe you could have some backdoor points scored, something yeah. like that. Yeah, mop up garbage duty. I, I call but it. I'm not. I'm all. I'm picking it largely because I picked four other favorites and I just can't, I can't, I don't want to do that. That just seems real, like, that's, that's real right. quick for all you yeah. fans that are, if you're watching the Texas game and you're looking for a new player to watch on defense, a freshman to look out for a name, maybe you haven't seen look out for Anthony Hill. He wears zero. He's taking over Sean's number, number zero linebacker, five star out of Denton Ryan. Um, he's supposed to be a um, really talented rusher from the linebacker position. So um, look for him to maybe make a few plays. Was this, was this, was this Bowen's teammate? No, no, he went to Denton Ryan. Um, Bowen okay, he went to Geyer. Bowen went to Geyer. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, him and Jatavian Sanders and Billy Bowman were all there at the same time at um at Denton Ryan. So just loaded with talent every year. It seems like for them. So look for him as a uh, blitzing linebacker on Saturday. We expect him to have an impact too. Um. Well, what else you got for us, Kevin? You know what, man? That that's really it, man. I'm just ready to see these guys play. I want to see. We talked about the freshman, right? You know, I, I, I want to see Jackson Arnold play, right? I want to see Peyton Bowen out there. I want to see PJ Adabari out there. And see, with Texas, I, you know, I want to. I want to see what happens at your running back spot. I want yeah. to see Malik Murphy because we know how important that was, especially last year against Alabama, to see how your backup quarterback looks. Um, he physically looks like a stud. And Correct. I wanted to see how he looks as a football player. Um, I want to see if your receivers are as dominant as we think they are, right? Are they who we think they are? Because I think you could – I hate saying this. I hate giving you any kind of credit, Kevin, especially. But, I mean, my God, you're going to be one of the best receiving cores in the country. Like just – It's all lining up to be there. I'm That's not exactly sure. No. I will not go as far as to say that Quinn is going to take great advantage of that. I don't not sold that he's your guy, but just lining up four dudes, three or four dudes that are receivers and putting them in a room, it's gonna. I'm going to be hard pressed to find yeah, three I mean, guys that are better than Quinn. That. Quinn's got to show it, right? I think he is the biggest factor in Texas being winning nine games, potentially winning ten or eleven games this season, right? Him and Sark both. Yeah, Sark's got to figure some stuff out, too. All right, dude. Hey, we will be back, everybody, Sunday morning. We will record and uh, recap the games, probably give a little sneak preview of our preview pick against Alabama. We'll cover the uh, entire college football landscape of week one. Listen, dude, here's the problem. You start saying week one, and you get fired up, and then the next thing you know, it's like week 13. So yeah, it goes by so let's, quick. Let's you got to savor it. Savor we got to enjoy this. Speaking of savoring, 
I bought the uh, the Crimson and Cream beer that came out. The, the official beer of the Oklahoma oh, State Athletic it, Department. Schooner Schooner Ale is that what it's Schoo- called? Schooner Schooner Ale. Okay. Um, I like an ale. I have not had this yet. I'm saving it for game time. I will have a review for all on um, on Sunday. I'm not a gr- big beer drinker, uh, but I like I like a, a nice adult beverage. Yeah, every now time. and then. I mean, it's nice to celebrate the the season, right? You know, my birthday on Friday. I'll be turning forty, man. Can you believe that? Wow. God. Yeah. What? Dude, you you used to be like the young guy that like my young friend that I hang out with, and now you're just as old now as I just, am. Yeah, man. What was I? 33, 32 when I first started. Oh, dude. I uh 33. 40 is a things start to hurt at 40 that you didn't even know about like you didn't even know parts of your body existed until they start hurting um you you will be smarter though like I can tell I, you that like I that hope is, so. I and hope you'll so. have more you'll have more money like it's just so for too. whatever whatever yeah. I don't know why like I'm not saying me and Alice did anything different but you just have more money by the time you're like 40 you're like oh I've got money now this is great I can do something so uh, those are, are good things about turning 40. Yeah. Um, but uh, physically, mm, maybe not uh, maybe not where you want to be. Uh, anyway, Kevin, let's get ready for let's get ready for week one. Boomer. Hook 'em.